0: Welcome the Paul George Show. Great to be with you today. We're gonna have fun today, Adam Conk. Yeah, we are. Because life is about fun. So anyway, uh, we have this theme going on, which I'll explain to everyone, but I think the culture is catching up with you. What? Well, yeah, it's completely destroying you. With me? Yeah, you. Like, personally? Yeah, personally.
1: Oh my gosh, why?
0: Well, because I was in the studio waiting for you. <laughs> you send me... A selfie of yourself, yep. obviously, because it's a selfie. Yep. In the hall. Yep. Right down the hall, saying, "I'm here." <laughs> <laughs> this this is what's completely wrong with our culture. I got to tell you. Yeah, that that people, you know, we, like, we just it, the the way we're communicating now is just. <laughs> and I know you were doing it to be fun.
1: It was a satire of the situation, it,
0: but people actually do that seriously. Right. You're making fun of how people communicate, but it's still. <laughs> Like people it, it, do it for real. It really is. No pun intended. sort of this snapshot of, of how Come people- Come on. No
1: pun intended? You had no pun intended I didn't right intend, did
0: intend it. I didn't intend it. At the last minute, though. It wasn't premeditated.
1: Second degree pun.
0: It was a <laughs> second degree pun. Anyway, so uh, have you seen this?
1: What did you say? That is so interesting. Oh,
0: for real, though? So there's this person called the Papal Ninja. Have, have whoa, you, whoa, what? Yeah, the Papal Ninja. Have you seen – there? there's a show on, like, one of the major networks, ABC, CBS, Fox. I can't remember, but I've watched it. Uh, uh, it's called um, American Ninja. Okay, I've heard, yeah. American I've Ninja Warrior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh So me, like me and my kids watch it sometimes. It's pretty cool stuff. But anyway, there's this Catholic guy who's, like, making it through the rounds of American Ninja like Warrior. Like a crucifix around his neck or And they, they all kind of have a name, maybe, like a – you know, like a – I don't know – a nickname or whatever they go by, but he, his name is the Papal Ninja. <laughs> he's a Catholic guy, and dude's like a gymnast connoisseur. He could just swing through these obstacles like it's nobody's That's business. That's awesome.
1: All for the Pope. I love it.
0: Yeah, I don't know if it's all for the Pope, <laughs> the church, but I mean, he, so, so basically he, he's out front and open about his faith.
1: That's so cool. Yeah. Good for him.
0: Yeah, so anyway, do you
1: ever watch those things and think, I wish I could do that? Like, every time. Yeah. I think that's kind of the point of those shows, the noble point. Because, for example, my family and I were watching America's Got Talent. Similar scenario. These people get up and do amazing things. Right. And every one of my kids wants to audition, like, this November. Right. And I'm like, that's so cool. That's kind of the the good thing about this.
0: It's cool and it's not cool. (laughs) But because it's cool, and it's like, oh, people can do stuff. Th- but then it, it's not cool in a sense that our culture really, and, and you know, media and TV puts an emphasis on fame, on making yeah. it big. That that you know, if you can sing, dance, or uh, you're a ninja, like then you, then you can be respected, and people will know you. And the la- latest statistic on the the culture of youth. So their, their number one goal in life was to be rich and famous. Really? Yeah. So fame is like, is like one of the major goals of people growing up. Yeah, that's a problem. And that has everything to do with, I think, access to media and TV. And certainly there's nothing wrong if, if that's what God does in your life and you make it big and you're famous and you have a great talent. But for 99.9999% of people in the world, you won't. Yeah. I hate to break the news to you.
1: Yeah. Well, I guess from a Catholic perspective, the idea of just developing any talent God's given you to its utmost and kind of being inspired to greatness is wonderful, but if it's directed toward so that people can know who you are, that's kind of the opposite idea.
0: Yeah. So when I look at the American Ninja Warrior, I I certainly think, man, I wish I could do that. Yeah. And then I wrestle with this scripture uh, from Philippians. Uh, where it says, where Saint Paul says in Philippians four thirteen, he says, "I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength." And I think, can you really do all <laughs> things? You know, and I begin to expand that into like, you know, I I can do all gymnastics, and I can do all talents, and I can do. So there's a reality in this scripture that I think oftentimes we think, well, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength what exactly is saint paul talking about there he's not so much talking about these outward talents as much as he's talking about the inward reality of what god wants to do in our life like i can trust in all circumstances like i I can have the grace that i need through christ to get me through this time this moment I i can overcome this obstacle this sin this barrier this wound this brokenness this past that's the grace that saint paul is talking about He's not talking about being a Roman soldier
1: fighting in the Colosseum and having this amazing talent. Right. Yeah, I mean, he's not it's not an expanded view of all things like everything that can be done, I can do because Christ is is my superhero. Right. But it's more like whatever God has in front of me, whatever his will is, I can do that through Christ. Right. I don't have to do it on my own, but it's it's really kind of a a, a limiting statement. It's not Hey, it's all open to you, but it's more like, hey, stay focused. Stay focused on what God has in front of you and do that through him.
0: Right. And look, I don't want to be a dream stealer. Like, God can do amazing things in our lives. Yep. But there's certain things that God can do in our, with our talents, right? So if you looked at me and I, and I said, or I looked at you, or whatever, and you said, hey, Paul, my, my major dream is I want to be an NFL football player. And I would literally look at you and say Adam I don't think that's possible.
1: But even if I quoted that scripture you just told me?
0: And even if you quoted that scripture and if you said and if I said to you Adam I want to try out for America's Got Talent and you said what do you want to do? I said I want to sing. And you would you would need to tell me as my friend, okay? You would need to say Paul that's not possible. Well,
1: I would like, at least say you need to really pray about this.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> so so there's certain things within our gift set, right? That that we, we can and can't do. We could certainly get better at things, and we can work hard, and we could try, and we could study and learn, uh, uh, but we have limits. We have limitations within mm-hmm. our gifts, and I, I don't know, like, as much as I practice singing, I can never win America's Got Talent, <laughs> and as much as you worked out, uh, or even I, we could never make the NFL, but that doesn't mean that God doesn't have a plan for our life. Yep. And, and that we don't have talents to share with the world and what God wants to do. And so when St. Paul's saying, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, he's not asking us to expand past the gifts that God has given us.
1: Right. You know this reminds me of exactly is uh, St. Joseph Cupertino. Because if you would look at him on the surface, you would say, this guy should probably never be a priest. He wasn't the brightest guy, and he right. didn't really have that much character till a major conversion. And even after his conversion, he really struggled with everything. But so you might say, this guy should not be a priest. But in reality, he was called to be the priest that God called him to be, him to which be. was not in a university, which was not given these impassioned homilies everywhere, inspiring thousands. It was a very humble life that only he could live. And so he can do all those things that God was asking him to do, even surprising things, through Christ who strengthened him.
0: Absolutely. And I think one of the major killers in all this, like is what i would call comparison you know we compare ourselves so much to other people yeah and now we have access to what other people are doing all the time on social media on tv and we can say well look what they're doing and and i and to your point earlier that can certainly challenge us to get better and to work hard you know so if i see someone who's you know doing really well in school and i say well i'm I'm not even trying like I need to step it up I need to work harder I need to study more uh, yeah certainly there's there's some positive that but the reality is we spend a lot of time comparing ourselves to what other people are doing or what their gifts are instead of just simply going in to prayer and asking God what do you want to do in my mm-hmm. life what are my gifts God and and how do you, how does your grace want to move me forward in that
1: yeah that's how St. Paul fussed at the Corinthians right like I belong to Paul, I belong to Apollos, I belong to Keith. Did any of them die on the cross for you? No. Like, you belong to Jesus. Stop fighting. <laughs> Stop comparing yourself to all these people.
0: Yeah, and it's no, nothing new. I mean, they talk about this in Scripture. I think it's just, it's, it's more um, magnified because of media. Yeah, we. I literally have access to what people are doing on my phone, you know, and I even see people within the church comparing themselves with mm-hmm. other people in the church. Well, Father so and so does videos, and this guy does this, and she does that, and and I'm like, well, what does God want to do w- with you, you know? So we compare, and I've been wrestling with this with this statement in my own life. Yes, uh, recently, uh, this guy said, you know, we we don't always get what we want and things don't always happen the way we want it grow anyway like we don't we don't we don't always maybe have the gifts that we want and we don't always get what we want and we live in a culture of idealism where we want the perfect everything the perfect life and and we want to be known and famous and all this and, and god's just not concerned with that he's concerned with growth he wants us to grow anyway. And that's exactly what St. Paul is getting at in that scripture. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So what are are those things in your life and my life and everyone's life in your personal life, if you're listening, where God wants you to grow internally in an area of your life? That's that's what's important right there. Mm. Man,
1: I wasn't ready for all that. Boom. You just hit me.
0: Boom. Anyway, we, we have a great show, a great interview today. We're sort of on this international theme. Which is awesome. Yeah, an African theme, which is a continent I haven't been to, and I want to go. Tons of faith. So in one of these Tons interviews. Of faith in Africa. Uh, but we're all familiar with one of the greatest tragedies in Africa, uh, of the genocide in Rwanda. And I have a guest who's going to talk about that, who's from there. I'm really excited. So we'll be right back. The Paul George Show. The Paul George Show is made possible in part by our partners at Solidarity HealthShare. Solidarity is the Catholic solution to the health care problem. Are you paying too much for your health care cost? Solidarity HealthShare is a health care sharing ministry which provides an ethical way to fund health care costs while protecting and practicing our Catholic beliefs. Best yet, Solidarity HealthShare's members are exempt from the fines and penalties in the Affordable Care Act. Visit SolidarityHealthShare.org that's solidarityhealthshare.org. Welcome back to the show. It's great to be with you. Paul George here. I was having a blast with Adam Conk. We're talking about our guest coming up, and our guest is actually here in studio all the way from Rwanda, Africa, Father Eubald. How are you today? I am fine, thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to come in. Now, Father Ubald, can you t- tell me your full name
2: because I cannot pronounce it. Uh, my name is Rujirangoga. <laughs> it is African one. <laughs> it does not matter. You call me Ubald. <laughs> well, it's Father Ubald, but your name's fascinating. I, I I can't say
0: it or spell it, but I love it, and I love the way you say it. So anyway, thanks for taking the time. Now, Father, you have a fascinating fascinating story. We could probably spend a week talking about this. So for those of you who are listening, you can go to fatherubald.com, F-R-U-B-A-L-D.com, and you can read more about Father's story, as well as a documentary and, and movie that's coming out called Secret of Peace. Uh, and you can go to secretofpeace.com. So, so letting you guys know that we're not going to be able to get into everything. So Father, you are from Rwanda, yes, and many, many people Uh, over the years, know about the story and the genocide uh, and the devastation in Rwanda. Mm -hmm. But you lived through it. What what was it like uh, being there during such
2: a horrible time? Uh, During genocide time, I was pastor in a parish. I had been in that parish 10 years. Um, I never thought that it could be genocide. Of course, uh, I could think that they they could kill people, but till to genocide, it has been a surprise. Mm. Mm. It has been a surprise. I have been in that parish 10 years. I loved my parishioners because I have been priest uh, wanting to really to help my people to love each other. Hmm. When I got, I had vocation, I was a refugee in Burundi, neighbor country. And when I had vocation to become priest, I decided not to become priest in Burundi, where I was refugee, because I said, if I am in Burundi, it is because of Rwanda's people don't love each other. Hmm. I must go back in that country, in my country, and preach love and live love as a priest. I tried uh, ten years. As pastor in that parish, really I loved my people. And unfortunately, it has been genocide. They killed about 45,000 people in that parish. In, in, in your parish alone? Yeah.
0: 45,000 people died. Yeah. Uh, no,
2: uh, they, uh, they, were, uh, they were not only from the parish. They are coming, there are some people coming from everywhere in the country because the parish was on the road. When arriving at my parish, they ha- they killed them, but most of those were from my parish. Myself also, they wanted to kill me, mm. and I escaped almost miraculously. Um, they have been so angry and said to bishop who... Because when genocide, uh, they attacked the parish. I, I called my bishop and said, Bishop, uh, people are attacking the parish to, to keep refugees at the parish. And the bishop came to see what happened. When he arrived, they said to the bishop, we don't want anymore Father Ubar to be our pastor. If he goes away, if you take him from this parish, we will not kill people. Mm. But it was only a way to, um, to be free because they were afraid of my eyes. When I have been their pastor, they, they were not so comfortable to look at me when they came to kill people, and when the bishop agreed thinking that it was right, and then he said, "Father Ubad, go um, in bishop's house." And when I was on on the way to to go to bishop's house, um, wives and children began to cry hmm. because they realized that if I am no more in that parish, it was a sign that they had to be killed. And the bishop, with emotion, said, don't cry. If you, you they kill you this night, I shall die with you. I wow. make decision to sleep at this parish, and then I escape like that. And later, I realized that God helped uh, helped me to escape in order to evangelize later, in order to be witness of forgiveness. So, Father, mm-hmm. you're in the middle of of this mass
0: killing in mm-hmm. Rwanda. Mm-hmm. Uh, millions of people lost their lives, and in your parish alone, as you were saying, 45,000 mm-hmm. people, mm-hmm. you lost 80 family members just yourself, Yeah, so. and people are coming after your life, wanting to kill you, mm-hmm. so, so you evacuate, you escape, mm-hmm. um, you know, God spared your life, and you end up in Fatima, uh, visiting... No, 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 no. it's uh, Lourdes. 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 Mm-hmm. excuse me, you mm-hmm. end up in Lourdes. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what brought you there and, and what happened when you
2: visited Lourdes? Uh, after escaping, I have been invited in an uh, international meeting of the Renewal Charismatic Movement. Okay. But uh, it was also a kind of way to rest and when arriving in Europe after that meeting, I said I have I have to go to Rhodes and pray. Mm. Arriving at Rhodes, I prayed uh, every night. I was crying, saying, "Why have I been priest?" I didn't tell you, but also, when I was seven years old, my father has has been killed because of belonging to to ethnic. he was a teacher, he was not a politician, he was a good man. Mm-hmm. they killed him, and I have been an uh, orphan and then. Arriving at Lourdes, I was thinking at all those problems, how I have been orphan, my mother widow, how I have been a good priest. And then people want to kill me, and they killed my parishioners. I was crying every night. At Lourdes, when it was time to, to pray crossway, a priest who was uh, guiding us, It was the first station when Jesus has been condemned. That priest said even uh, he was innocent. Jesus was innocent. innocent. They condemned him. Mm. It was injustice but Jesus accepted the the, the cross. He carried his cross and then I heard a voice telling to me Ubald Also, accept your cross. Really, for me, genocide was a kind of cross. Full of emotion. I accepted. Mm. I cried, of course. But I said, okay, I I accept my cross also. From that time, I was spiritually healed. Uh, I went on praying. And... As I was praying, I had a vision or so. I had a vision uh, I saw a kind of ocean and a boat, and a voice telling, tell, told it to me once more, "Ubard, you are in that boat." But it was confusion. a boat in ocean and I wanted to, to 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 come back in my country, but I was afraid because I said, "I, I, I am in a in, in the ocean. In, 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 in I am in a boat. According that um, that vision, I am in a boat, but a boat in the ocean. So I was afraid to come back. I was with fear to mm. come back in my country." And I met a Frenchman who was really with a gift of scripture. When you prayed with him, he opened the Bible and show, showed you a, a text which comforted you. And when he opened the Bible, after telling me uh, my ex- experience of vision. Um, of myself in the boat, we saw in the Bible, it was in Ecclesiastic. even those who are on raft, me, God, I arrive them at destination. And he said to me, you see, you are in the boat, and God says, Even those who who are on raft, he arrives them at the destination. So he said to me, don't be afraid. Go back. You are in a boat. If you are in a boat, boat is stronger than raft. Don't worry. Don't be afraid. So I decided to go back in my country and I began to preach about forgiveness and reconciliation. Amen. I'm talking
0: to Father Father Eubald from Rwanda. Uh, You can visit him on his website, fatherubald.com. There's also a movie, a documentary coming out on his life and ministry, SecretOfPeace.com. You can see more about the movie and the documentary. Father, your story is fascinating. You could read about it on your website and on the movie's website. so, you come back to your country. God says, you know, go back, carry your cross. And I can't imagine being in your shoes. Uh, but the Lord sends you back, gives you the grace that you need to begin to minister to your people. Uh, what's what's the church like in Africa right now?
2: Um, of course, it has been so, so hard for the church because... Genocide has been uh, just uh, uh, like we have failed, mm. but we don't, uh, we don't give up. We don't give up. Um, in the movie, I say, with genocide, I lose... I have lost the battle of genocide, but the war, I must win it. Mm. People will once more will finally love each other. Because, okay, we, you can think that you have just failed, but Jesus can't fail. It. No. We, we, uh, the church goes on preaching at about Forgiveness and reconciliation, and we have fruits. The uh, our country, Rwanda, even it has been genocide. It is the best peaceful one in Africa. Actually, if you 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 come and visit Rwanda, you can't think that it has been. It is the same country where it has been genocide people are trying really to once more to to forgive one another because Mm. of uh, evangelization I have worked hard and there are some fruits so father um, God has actually brought you
0: back to your country uh, and even the government has asked you and used you to help in reconciling the country and the differences but, but even more so on a personal level, uh, God has given you the gifts of healing and, and reconciliation and forgiveness mm-hmm. where you, where this ministry of healing um, has, has really taken off for you. Uh, God has really used you. Uh, what, what's that like? Where do you see uh, this forgiveness and reconciliation and healing happening in your country?
2: Uh, I heard that um, healing gift before genocide, eh? Mm. it it didn't come after genocide. Uh, But after genocide, I have used that healing gift really to heal people. It is socio-healing. People come they are huge. We are so many. We pray for healing of inner wounds, inner wounds, and the uh, fruits are there. We mm. are so many fruits. Fortunately, that uh, healing, uh, that healing gift has been. Otherwise, it could be so so bad after genocide. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Amen. I'm talking to Father Eubald. FatherUbald.com and a documentary movie coming out on his life, secretofpeace.com. You can get all the information there, it's, it's fascinating. So Father, they're doing a documentary on you. Uh, they've had some releases of it and, and it, it's coming out. W- what is the main
2: theme in the movie,
0: in the documentary? Uh,
2: the main theme is that the good one must triumph over the bad one. Mm. The good one must triumph over the bad one Hmm. Mm. that is the main thing for me (laughs) that is the good one must triumph over the bad one Mm. and forgiveness is the secret of peace uh, Mm. that's such good news and it's christ who
0: brings Mm -hmm. who is the good one Mm-hmm. who brings that mercy and forgiveness and healing mm-hmm. into our life. So, as we close, Father, what encouragement would you want to give people who are who are trying to live for Christ, maybe struggling in their life to forgive or in healing? What
2: encouragement would you want to give today? The I encourage them not to give up, to give up even if they're struggling Forgiveness really makes you free mm. don't give up don't give up and uh, don't f- uh, make any condition to forgive for make decision to forgive forgiveness is a decision we make and when we make decision to forgive the perpetrator finally also begs the pardon because when uh, after violence we are all closed the perpetrator as well as the the victim are closed and the key to open to the perpetrator belongs to the victim when he says i forgive you and the, pep- uh, the, the and the key to the Uh, To to open to the the victim or so belongs to the perpetrator when he says to the victim, I beg pardon. And they need one another in healing because they are are both closed. Amen. Thank you so much, Father. So you can visit Father's
0: website, fatherfrubold.com. And you can get information on the movie, the documentary, secretofpeace.com. It's absolutely fascinating, and your story is amazing. Mm-hmm. Father, and, uh, I, forgot,
2: I, I forgot to tell you that I created also a center, The Secret of Peace. It is a center in Rwanda next to the lake. Really, it is a peaceful place. People come, they pray, and they get peace. Peace, and I invite you one day to come and visit that secret of Peace Center if you want to get peace. Father, I've
0: been wanting to go to Africa <laughs> my whole life. Welcome. welcome. Can we make that happen?
2: <laughs> yes, come. Welcome. Welcome. Okay. You are with the brother. who will be waiting for you. I am that wait for you. Amen. Okay. Thank you so much, you Father. Welcome. appreciate it. Mm-hmm.
0: Thank God, God bless. you so much.
2: God bless you too. The Paul
0: George Show is made possible in part by our partners at Solidarity HealthShare. Solidarity is the Catholic solution to the health care problem. Are you paying too much for your health care cost? Solidarity HealthShare is a health care sharing ministry which provides an ethical way to fund health care costs while protecting and practicing our Catholic beliefs. Best yet, Solidarity HealthShare's members are exempt from the fines and penalties in the Affordable Care Act. Visit SolidarityHealthShare.org that's solidarityhealthshare.org. Seriously, I have never felt more like a lightweight in all my life.
1: Yeah, that's that's a, an appropriate comment, I think.
0: Yeah. Welcome back to the show. Adam Conk's back on. So, you listen in this interview, <laughs> like, seriously, I mean, if. You've had to be under a rock the past 30 years to not know about the genocide in Rwanda. Yeah. I mean.
1: Well, and honestly, though, a lot of people have no clue. Even, I mean, I've, I remember for me it was Hotel Rwanda. Remember yeah, that movie? Yeah. With Don Cheadle. Mm-hmm. I was, I couldn't believe what I was seeing that I d- had never heard about it before. But for me, that's what it took. So we're talking about millions of people. Yeah. That died. And, and not like over, you know, a 10-year period, like. Very quickly.
0: Yeah, this guy, uh, Father Ubal, lived through it, ministered through it, and God had sent him, sent him back to bring reconciliation. We're talking about American ninja warriors. This guy <laughs> is a legit ninja warrior for yeah. Jesus.
1: Dude, 45,000 of his flock, like that's his parishioners killed. What well, and 80, 80
0: of his family members, his dad mm. uh, was killed in the genocide and part of his story if you read more into his story is that he went back and forgave the man who killed his father
1: who wow. does that well he does and yeah you're right i mean in the presence of that kind of man but so humble so unassuming i mean just walking yes. in we'll do an interview was, now he's
0: like talk slow my english is is bad <laughs> talk slow <laughs> yeah. okay can you say his 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 name
1: if i could see it let me see it okay
0: all right all right let's let's see if you could it's say it is father his
1: name. ubald
0: yes we know that
1: ruji rangago
0: <laughs> ruji you think that's ruji yeah. ruji rangago ruji rangago
1: good job ruji rangago very good you could say it with an accent
0: <laughs> ruji rangago for some
1: reason a latin american accent helps you say that name so you know whatever works so anyway
0: cool. uh, if you ever want to feel you know like your life is a little bit easier, and you're complaining. Just listen to the show, right? And listen to people's stories. And I find that a lot in my life uh, is when I begin to turn in on myself and focus in all all the things in my life that aren't good, or I'm not good at, or aren't going well. It always helps to zoom out and see the bigger picture of what God's doing, and look at other people's lives and what they're doing, and you know the suffering that people go through. The world uh, is where we're called to really bring God's peace. So, anyway, I, I feel like a lightweight. I'm kind of out of it. I literally am sitting in the yeah, presence. I mean, it's one of those things where you got to
1: process it for uh, weeks. Who
0: just lived through a genocide and is still still bringing uh, God's peace? So it's uh, fruball.com. You can find out more information and the documentary movie out on DVD. Secretofpeace.com. So anyway. How about I don't know, how about a six-pack of questions to get us back to reality?
2: <laughs> Question.
0: Question number 1.
1: Have you ever been to Africa? No. It's it's one of the few continents I haven't been you to. You just got an invite from Father Ubal. That's pretty cool. But I mean
0: I really well, want to I really really want to go. Why? And and okay, so here's the here's you really want to know the main reason. Yeah um other than other than saying i went to africa
1: yeah the main reason
0: okay so I really, I really want to say that i went to africa i'll be honest yeah me too okay but the main reason is i want to experience the church in africa because the church in africa is actually one of the few countries and continents where the church is growing it's growing We're not, like, they're not thinking about millennials leaving the church, and and, and they're not arguing about, you know, uh, how to do church and liturgy and discipleship. They're, They're not arguing about, like, you know, should you do this, and can you kneel or stand? They're not arguing about those things. People are flocking to the church because they're in desperate need of answers, and Jesus is the answer, and the reason I want to go to Africa is I want to experience the church alive that's not complaining. See, when you have a church that lives through adversity, a genocide, right? Mm-hmm. They, they're, they're not complaining about the opening song. <laughs> they have zoomed out, and they have a bigger picture of God's mercy and love and grace. And like he said, they have not given up. And I want to experience that church, that church that prays and, and, and w- in freedom without all this, these boundaries and all this infighting of the church that, that I think I often experience a lot. Mm. So that's why I want to go. I mean, I've, I've thought about. about that question before. You've never asked,
1: but that's why. That's literally mm. why I want to go. Awesome. Wow, what a great start to the six-pack. So anyway, <laughs> well, let's just end it there. Yeah, a one-pack. Is it a pack if it's just one? Uh, No. Question number two. It's not, actually. Have you ever struggled with forgiveness? You don't have to give too many details. Is it a pack if it's two?
0: Yeah. That's a pair. Yeah, but you need to package it.
1: I mean, you're going to wrap that in a package. Wrap that. (laughs) Question number two. Have you ever struggled with forgiveness? You don't have to give too much details, but... Certainly. I I don't know anyone who hasn't. Life's difficult. I think we go
0: through maybe times where it's like, man, I... I don't want to forgive. That really hurt. You know, but he said it pretty clearly that forgiveness is a choice. And I think we, we we come to a point where we wake up one day and we think, I don't want to carry this anymore. I literally have a choice whether or not I want to forgive and let go and turn the page. And I've come to that point in my life, certainly. You know, some things are easier to let go of and forgive. And certainly there's been times where we've been hurt badly and it's harder and maybe it takes time and that's okay. But
1: eventually we have to choose to let it go, turn the page and move on. All right. Question number three. Boob. It kind of goes to what you were saying about earlier. Um, What is the balance between kind of accepting that we have issues in our life and problems, these kinds of things and be okay with that, Mm -hmm. but then also not being so small minded. For example, when I meet a man like this who's been through, It makes me want to say that every problem I've ever had is not a problem, but there's also kind of a danger in that because, I mean, you should deal with your problems, right? Even if they're small compared to others. So what is that balance of kind of like not being a complainer but then also dealing with your stuff?
0: I think dealing with our stuff is important. And we talked about it in the first segment is God wants us to grow anyway. So when I do inventory of my life and I think, oh, you know, uh, here are some things that are going on, if there are things in my life that are keeping me from growing, keeping me from moving forward, keeping me from growing in virtue and in holiness and, and becoming a better person and a man and a father and a husband, if there are things, those are the things that I need to grow in and focus on and deal with and need healing in or counseling or, or advice. And if, it, if it's not holding me back, then just let it go. Like, yeah, that's just a am I'm imperfect, you know. Uh, I don't need to focus on that little thing that, you know, whatever. Interesting. makes sense? Yeah.
1: Man, I'm loving this show today. Yeah. You're bringing the heat, Paul George. Bring it. (laughs) All right. uh, Question number four. Yeah. Did you feel kind of embarrassed in his presence as a Christian? So, for example, you know, we're asking him about his church's situation. If he would turn around and say, so tell me about your church. Mm Mm-hmm here in America or here in Lafayette or...
0: I don't know. Do you- okay, here's what I felt like. You want to know what I felt like? Yeah. Um, so I felt like um, I showed up at a major league baseball game to play <laughs> in tennis clothes and a tennis racket. <laughs> I felt completely and totally out of place and like I'm a lightweight. As a Christian? Yeah, as a Christian in that analogy. Like I'm not even in the same... Basically, I'm not even in the same sport or ball game that you're playing. Like, in. not
1: just the same league. We're, like, in a completely different sphere.
0: Yes, completely. And that's not only what I think about his, his life or what he's lived through and the genocide and the adversity and the destruction and the persecution. People had a hit on his life, right? To where he had to uh, leave the country. Yes. Uh, he, his worldview and his God view is so much better and bigger than mine because of my experience,
1: and, you know, like, yeah, so. Mm. All right, question number five. Yeah. So what's interesting about these massive persecutions and how they produce heroes like Father Eubald is that the enemy of the church is, in other words, the church can be united around a common threat, and we all know what that threat is, and we're all trying to save each other from that threat. What is, would you say is... The enemy of the American church? Like what is... If politics. We, is it?
0: I, I mean, I think people are digging in more on politics than they are on the gospel. Mm. And I'm not, I'm not short-sighting politics. I'm not saying that there's not a fight there. Certainly not. So I want people to hear that. There, there's a fight there, and we got to fight for pro-life, and we got to fight for people, and we got to fight for rights. We certainly, I am not, but it seems to me that in all the media, that's out there, that political stances have certainly, in
1: a lot of ways, uh, supplanted the gospel. And by this you mean kind of like party affiliation or... All that, yeah. Your position on this issue or that issue? Yeah, Mm. it's like, uh,
0: we need to get behind the gospel message. Like, Christians and Catholics, we need to all unite on the gospel and moving that forward. Uh, mm-hmm. And and so so that's where I think the fight is. I think oftentimes we, we get lost in another fight when we should be fighting the bigger fight, which is bringing the kingdom of God here and the gospel.
1: Man, some good points, dude. You are like you're like a Catholic Yoda today. Can I don't even know I'm at. I mean, all right. Question number six. So let's say someone is listening and they've pinpointed a person in their life that they are struggling to forgive or they know they need to forgive after this program. So give me a top do and a top don't if you're in that situation. You need to forgive somebody who really hurt you.
0: So, so let's start here. The gospel, Jesus says, uh, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. I think that the first nudge towards forgiveness is the ability to pray for the person, even even if you don't want to or know how. And then it begins to soften your heart where you can begin to forgive that person and let them go and move on So that's the top do the top don't would be to Hold on to the hatred that that festers because what happens is it grows It grows and then what happens is then then you stop forgiving other people for little things Your unforgiveness grows not only towards the person that you haven't forgive but towards other people Mm. and then you become bitter No one wants to live that bitter life. No one nobody so, you know, forgiveness really sets us free, as Father Yuval was saying. So anyway, man, we all feel like lightweights, <laughs> all of us. But, but Jesus is calling us to, to step up and, to, and to, do, to be more, to be more with him, with his grace, right? Not to be mm. uh, famous, but to be faithful. And that's certainly what we all need to work on, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, man.
0: So anyway, you're a rock star. Adam Conk, thanks so much. Thank and, you, Paul. And thanks to Father Uball for coming on. It's com. You can get the show on podcast, paulgeorge.la. You can tweet it out, send it out on all your social media sites, Facebook, whatever. Uh, I, I don't really know, but we're just trying to do good things. So we'll be back next week. God bless.